Good morning. It is Monday, March 28th. Hard to believe, 2022. And this is DC Signal to Noise. Since we last talked, corn and soybean prices continued to consolidate while the wheat markets remain exceptionally sensitive to any headline coming out of Ukraine. Ukrainian troops continue to put up strong resistance, although it looks like the Russian troops are beginning to make some advances. Winter, winter has returned to some areas of the Midwest, and the stage is set for college basketball's biggest games. For the first time ever, Duke and North Carolina will meet in the semifinals. And Jim, I know this is going to be hard for you to believe, but my bracket has fallen off of the leaderboard. Hank Webb's bracket buster. Good morning, Jim. How are you? Pretty good. You know, on AgriTalk, I mentioned right at the very end, Kansas. They really are a good team. Oh, yeah. 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 We've uh, the Iowa State fans know how good they are. I mean, we had them on the ropes at Fog Allen and it felt like we were going to pull it off and it just got pulled out from underneath us. And all of a sudden it was it was gone. Yeah, and they um, were down by six on their you know yeah. uh, latest game, and then came roaring back. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Tough team to beat. Tough yeah. team to beat. A lot of talent on that team. All right, but let's start with some really big news. Uh, what is this that I'm hearing about Albert Pujols coming back to the Cardinals? Yeah, two and a half million dollar contract, I think. Uh, so he'll end his career where he should have stayed, but didn't because of the money involved. Uh, and, you know, I think that's going to bring more than a few people out to the beautiful St. Louis ballpark. Oh, I think for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That, that almost sounds like Jim Wiesmeyer planning the trip back to St. Louis. To oh, I'll have several, several trips. Yeah. Yes. I saw him play many, many a game. Uh, and boy, between him and Musial, yeah, I'm so old, I remember Stan Musial. <laughs> <laughs> so I've seen two great, you know, uh, uh, yeah. basement for the Cardinals. Yep. Okay. Um, normally, I would take a look backwards and, and start with that. But Jim, I think what's happening in Shanghai is so important that I think we probably had better start right there. Yeah, well, it's a city of 25 million people, and they're going through a two-part process of a shutdown, uh, Chip, because mm -hmm. of COVID. And uh, that's having immediate, uh, immediate impact. Tesla has a plant there, by the way, and they shut it down. And GM is over there as well. So you're going to see ripple effects in the, uh, in, the, uh, in the supply chain because Xi Jinping, China's leader, continues his uh, zero COVID. Of course, they don't have yeah. zero COVID. But I don't think he can change until after uh, the Communist Party Congress uh, in, in November, Chip. So, uh, uh, you, you know, China's going to feel the pain that all other countries have felt on this and their yeah. their their uh, 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 failure to admit that their policy is wrong is going to hurt them. Yeah, the the reaction that we continue to see or I should shouldn't see the say the reaction, the uh, the efforts to deal with a covid outbreak uh, in China. It, it has such a devastating impact on, on their economy. Now, I understand, I mean, I can kind of understand what they're trying to accomplish, and it's, it's at least it's been a consistent policy, Jim. Yes. The, if, if it's time to shut down, they shut down. That's true. 
and they don't care how many people are in right. town. Like I said, 25 million into two. Boy, that takes guts, if nothing else. Uh, but again, their economy is going to be on the edge, Chip. Uh, you oh, know, yeah. this has to hurt them. So you don't want to see that in any country as important as China is to the world economy. Yep. And supply chain disruptions are going to be far reaching from this. Yes. You know, I, I had a number of items in the Pro Farmer report this morning of improving uh, logistics in the West Coast ports, uh, Savannah, after a year's long uh, uh, goal to increase the, the number of uh, the size of ships coming in that great port down there. So we do have some good news on, on, on the logistics on the logistics side. Okay. Okay. Well, it, there's nothing more that we can do with Shanghai other than just make sure to monitor the situation and yes. and hope that they get that city up and running again as quickly as they possibly can. Uh, okay. What is the situation in Ukraine right now? Because there are some conflicting reports. It sounds like the Ukrainian troops, the fighters, resistance continues to be effective, but at the same time, it sounds like uh, the the Russian troops are making some advances. Well, some advances, but they can hold if they go much further than their the areas that they really controlled before the war. You know, portions of the uh, east and the south, uh, they can't uh, remain. Even if they take over an area, chip, they can't maintain that. So, if you can believe Russia, which we shouldn't. Uh, it looks like they're changing strategy. They want to cons consolidate their, quote, gains. I don't think how much they've gained in the east and south. Mm -hmm. And that's why you have some of the market implications of that possibility, because uh, especially for corn, that's where, what, one third of the corn is grown in the east in in Ukraine. Right. So if that's going to solidify, uh, maybe they can get more of the corn crop uh, in. So that's, I think, one of the reasons why we're down today. Yeah. And we've got wheat is off sharply this morning as well. Just uh, it, like I said, that market is so sensitive to any headline that's coming. I, it, you can see a big move in that market. And unless you know for sure, why somebody has made the decision. It's all speculation as yes. to what, why the markets are doing what they're doing. And the commitments of traders report from CFTC showed yep. still long, long, you know, coming in. Yep. So that's what a lot of people are watching to see when they run away, that would at least increase the odds, right? That you could yeah. have seen the tops in the market if you yeah. haven't already. Right. Right. Uh, okay. Now let's look back over the weekend. Uh <laughs> President Biden is in Europe, and as basically as he was getting ready to leave, uh, he ramped it up and said that Putin should not remain in power, or can't remain in power. Yeah. What? It, well, it was emotional. He had just talked to more than a few refugees. So he, it, 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 some people say it wasn't an ab lib. Uh, I really think it was because he felt the emotion, but he went overboard because ever since that, White House officials, including the Secretary of State, uh, Antony uh, um, Blinken, Blinken, they scrambled to, like, you know, clean up on aisle six is probably the best yeah. way to explain it because they had to emphasize that regime change is not part of the U.S. policy. And it got a number of European 
you know, countries having to come out and say they did not agree with that statement. Yeah. Uh, I, I would agree. I, I, I mean, I don't want to see Putin stay in control or stay, remain as president of Russia, but in just saying it, it, it changes the United States stand and, and uh, elevates its role. Yeah. You know, prior to that chip, see, and this is a habit with uh, Biden. He, he gave a good speech and yeah. at the very end, when he goes yep. off script, boy, you never know what Joe's going to say. And, and that was the case. And his and emotion Jim, got to him. Yeah. And, and Jim, they can, they can walk it back as much as they want to, but you can't unsay it. Yeah. It's been said. Yes. Uh, 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 agree. And this has our allies nervous and yeah. you don't need that at the, and then this also gives ammo to Putin to tell his people they'll, they'll rally around him now, not, not all of them, but yeah. a number of them that were probably yeah. on the fence. And now they're going to rally around their leader because Putin say, see what I, you know, what did I yep. tell you? What did I tell you? Right. This is what they want to do. Right. See, this keeps going back to one of the re, remember, like the the hour and a half long speech that that Putin gave just before the invasion started. Yes, when he said Russia does not have a border with Ukraine, Russia has a border with America. Yeah, um, I keep going back to that. That's the mindset of the guy. Yes, and so when you hear. When when he sees President Biden saying that he that that Putin should not be in control, should not be in a leadership role, uh, that's a direct. Putin sees that as a direct attack on him. Yeah, but you yeah. can see the emotionality because of look. Oh, how, sure. Look how he has plundered Ukraine. You know, so I understand, but you have to have that brevity, and Biden yeah. just did not. Yeah, he's the president. Yes. Wow. Okay. If anybody wants to get involved in the conversation, find your comments tab. It will open up a dialogue box and uh, submit your comments to us. We'd we'd love to be part of uh, have you be part of the conversation, as Greg was. Okay. This this question came in over the weekend for me for you, Jim, uh-huh. um, by email. You can send us questions. Just send it to host at agritalk.com. And I'll be sure to get them to Jim then. Since the Biden administration, this is from Greg. Since the Biden administration announced we would be selling more U.S. LNG, liquefied natural gas, to Europe, which is good to wean them off of Russia. That's Greg's comment. The price of natural gas is pretty high right now at five and a half bucks. Did they or will they, that being the, the administration, release the shackles off the oil industry to drill new wells and build new pipes and terminals? If not, and the price of natty gas stays high, then all this will do is exasperate our own problems here. Now, there's a lot of truth in what he is saying there. Uh, the, and it's going to take two to three years to get the shipping system, you know, as we talked about on AgriTalk on Friday. But they're going to have to lighten up on some of the regulations. So I think that there, it's an unfolding ING adjourn policy uh the only way to accomplish that is to lighten the shackles if you will right okay so not yet 
but it's I think a portion of it's coming because he's getting blow. Biden is getting blowback from the uh, strident environmentalist. And uh, but uh, ironically, Biden now is having to side with those who are saying uh, drill. Yeah, uh, because we are we are going to need it. And diesel fuel. A lot of people don't talk about the diesel fuel price, you know, which five dollars on its way to five fifty. You know, yeah. we're going to be talking about that in default, Chip, because, you know, the drying season. Yeah. Yep. And that's going to take up a lot of propane and natural gas during the yes. drying season. And hey, I heat my house with with propane. Oof. OK, yeah. I don't need to compete with uh, with anybody for that that's expensive enough as it is uh corn growers have sent and and i it's the corn growers from 19 states i believe it was sent a letter last week to president biden saying listen if you want to uh to some relief at the pump just blend more go from e10 to e15 and and put more ethanol in the system to increase our total supplies is that going to gain any traction at the state level, but at the federal level, they're just dragging their feet. You know, on Pro Farmer, uh, Brian, uh, you know, Grady, the editor, and myself did a really a backgrounder on where we're at in the biofuels arena, EPA, et cetera. And it opened our eyes to a number of things that it looks like a number of states, Iowa and other states, are really going at the state level on the E15 chip because they're tired of waiting at the federal level. A number of people ask us, can the states do it? Absolutely. In fact, a number of states have asked EPA, how should they write their regulation to implement that? Hmm. So uh, I think the corn growers are spot on. This is the way to do. Don't talk the price situation. I think if you, as you have said, Chip, right. talk about the environmental, the positive environmental aspects. And that plays into the whole momentum here because uh, EPA's got some big decisions coming up by the court system. They're supposed to announce the final 2021 uh, and 2022 RVOs for, you know, corn-based ethanol and other biofuels. Well, other people tell me, uh, will they be thrown into court if they don't hit it? Uh, so most people say between Memorial Day and June 15th, we should have some of the details. But the biggest thing I got out of our interviews last week for that page for a pro farmer was the belief in this town, D.C., that they don't see Congress acting on the future of RFS right. comes after 2022. Reason, there is no consensus, Chip. So yeah. that means EPA, what they're going to do is going to be very important. So we're going to have to listen. They call it reset or set yep. reset. Reset. Now, that's yeah. going to come out after, we've been told, after the RVOs come out. So, and oh, uh, office management and budget wants the final rule on the future of RFS, if you will, by the end of this year. So they've, they've got some work hey, to do. And, and Jim, that right there is exactly why I think the message needs to stay focused on the environmental benefits of biofuels, because that has the greatest odds, I think, of resulting in an RFS reset that the industry finds satisfactory. We're, we're being waylaid now by the price. And it's so tempting for the corn growers, whoever, 
the, the ethanol groups to say, listen, we can help out with the price. We can yes. help out with the price and, and, and get focused on that. Price is a temporary thing. And when it comes time for the EPA to make that final decision on what's going to happen with the reset, if we're away from price by, for, you know, somehow, some way we are, our, our pump prices are lower by then, then we're going to have to switch gears again and get back to the environmental message. I, I just, I just feel like it makes too much sense to, to stay on the environmental side of things. That's like when Juan Soto or Bryce Harper tries to bunt rather than really hit, you know, they're, they yes. could do a lot more. Yeah. What you just said. That's great way of putting it, man. Great way of putting it. Okay. Another comment from President Biden last week that I think probably carries some 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 water this time. Um, said to expect real food shortages because of what is happening in Russia, Ukraine. Um, the areas that we're going to watch, of course, are primarily Africa for yes. the first signs of it. Yes. And again, the White House clarified that statement saying he didn't mean the U.S. We have right. enough food. Now, there'll be runs on certain products and things like that, Chip. But this food price thing is going to increase as a topic because the general, the big media, uh, when they get onto a story like food prices, I remember years ago, before the internet, the only time we would see the uh, CBS, NBC reporters come to USDA is when food prices were, were shooting up. And that's when they would get in the front row of the press briefings and ask their question. And then they'd leave, you know, yeah. they yeah. almost thought it was dirty to come over to USDA. <laughs> <laughs> you got a chip on your shoulder about that. Jim? Yes. Well, they were, pretty, <laughs> they're, they're talking heads. That's yeah. all they were. That's all. And they still are. Uh, yeah. On, on that one we, we've got a, a message from aaron chip yeah remember in 2020 when some people wanted to put farmland in a set aside due to low prices now they want to take ground out of crp to do, you, you know to do the opposite do you think that they will uh i really don't think that they will that that's my bias you know uh you should, i think you you should now a, a case could be made to to look at the crp you know colin peterson former house ag committee chairman who's forgotten more than most people know about the conservation reserve program says that thing should be really reformed taken a look at qualification of land and things like that uh that's a legitimate uh, focus that should be made on the CRP. Yeah. But uh, th his question just goes how quickly things yeah. can change. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and again, I've... look at it. I'm going to be giving a speech, RMPG in Minnesota on Wednesday, a biofuels company, you know, good group. And again, in my research, I came up and I, when I talked to a number of industry participants, they get nervous because of all the money being spent on renewable diesel and other biofuels. Uh, Look at what can happen when the government could pull the rug out from under you. And this, this, this dramatic change in policy does not give confidence to the uh, ag sector. And that's what would happen with, uh, you know, some of this stuff, uh, you know, CRPs, et cetera. By the way, uh, they're prohibited by law to have the old type of set-asides. Mm 
you know, right. longer. That right. that's that was in a prior farm right. bill. Uh, oh, and yeah. we're in a global market now for trade, so there's no really purpose for heck know, set asides. You know, when I when I saw Aaron's comment there, I was waiting to set it up for this CRP conversation here. Uh, but it it's not been that long. It, it I think it was probably 2019, 2020, where I'd get cornered at, at meetings or out on crop tour, and it, it was all about we need to get out there and 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 tear up the endros. Everybody, get out yeah. there, tear up the endros. <laughs> you go first. Uh, okay, it's just that's knee jerk reaction. Yeah. You know. Uh, and it's just usually, again, the, this town, especially DC, doesn't like to wait to let things work out. Now, I, again, right. I'm not saying the market clears everything. That's why you have to have the role of government, and I mean people, not just bureaucrats, involved. But a lot of times the price situation and time solves some problems rather than uh, muck it up even more because the government just does not have that risk management uh, embodied in them like the open market uh, you know, you know, does, Chip. Right, right. One other point on that open letter from the corn growers to the Biden administration about making E15 available. The, the analysis that they've done on it suggests that if we replace just one third of the E10 sales, with E15 sales, that we will replace all of the gasoline that was produced from Russian crude oil imports. Yes. That seems like a really nice trade to me. Yes. A really nice trade. And I remember on AgriTalk on Friday, Davis, you know, Michelson talked about the lack of education of many non-Aggies, if you will, about E15. Is it good for my car? Things like right. that. So uh, I know that has to be educated out there. That That's part of an infrastructure, if you will, you'll process. Yep. It's an environmental fuel. I think E should stand for environmental. Yeah. You know, yep. the higher you go, the better it is up to a point. Right. Right. Yeah. Because how did okay. I, I sometimes I get the question, Chip, how did even we even come up with E10? E10. Why wasn't it E15 or E20 to begin with? It was like well, an algebraic equation, you know, up in the air. And it wasn't based really on that much research when it came out. No. Heck no. Because it as was Colin Peterson schooled me years ago, <laughs> E20 or 25 is the sweet spot. Yeah. Yeah. So, and some people would argue E30 is the sweet hmm. spot. I mean, you've got Brazilians with with older cars than the, the fleet of cars in Brazil is older than what it is here. And they run a hundred percent ethanol in some of those vehicles. Yes. They've got two gas tanks, two gas tanks, but the technology is the same. You know, another reason just, why this E15 is spot on is because you know how I am on electric electric vehicles. Uh, they're growing. I mean, we're seeing, but they're, that's going to take a while. This scare with uh i think we're gonna have five dollar you know gasoline that's that's gonna make people look at hybrids more and uh, uh electric vehicles so, hey if you want to look at electric vehicles fine go ahead and do that stay away from the hybrids they're the worst thing for the environment ever you've got two power trains going down the road really 
really two different power generating. That's ridiculous. <laughs> it's absolutely ridiculous. But psychologically, people tell me that's their transition to electric. Oh, well, that's what do, I hear. Do it, read up. It's not that hard to find that that the hybrids are the worst thing there is. I do want to add one thing on the electric side, because, you know, as an investor, I research a lot batteries. The And there's a couple firms looking at it to uh, uh, take older batteries. Remember, you've said before, the problem in electric cars is what are you going to do with all those batteries? That's part now of it. there are firms looking into how to use to restore those batteries right. and that the minerals involved in them, yep. et cetera, th that's eventually going to happen because of technology. I, I hope that's right. I hope yeah. that's right. Let's talk about another market, Jim, because two major groups, National Cattlemen's Beef Association and American Farm Bureau Federation are going to make known the details of a cattle market proposal today right yeah. well they're going to make it known to their members okay but it'll leak out <laughs> like it leaked out to us right friday well, <laughs> and i got dale i've got dale moore on the morning show today vp yeah. of afbf i'm gonna ask him about it yeah yeah make sure you tip him off that you're gonna ask him i already that. did, oh, I already yeah, did. Good, good good yeah we should get some news and i'm telling you those are the two because the other i know you've interviewed uh, grassley and fisher in the Senate side, and I know they fervently believe and are pushing what they want, but it's not going to happen, Jeff. It is not going to happen. That's why this NCBA and Farm Bureau approach should really be listened to, because that's their next step in this controversial topic. So I'm going to be very curious what Dale Moore tells you. Okay. Um, you know what? I wish I would have brought this up when we were talking about ethanol and, and I missed it. But coming this week, I believe, and maybe today, are the new mileage standards? Uh, yes. Let's see. They were rumored before. Uh, I'm going back to my notes here, Chip. Uh, they, we're going to get it sometime. Uh, well... I can't find it. <laughs> yeah, it'll it'll be this week sometime. It, it, but it's the NH whatever the the uh, acronyms go on and on and on. Right. Uh, but here it is: the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Boy, that's a mouthful. They're going to finalize the new fuel economy standards for cars and possibly likely light trucks this week. Now, remember last year when they initially talked about it, they wanted to increase the fuel efficiency uh, 8% annually for model years uh, 24 to 26 and increase yeah. the fleet average by 12 miles per gallon by 2026. So yeah. there's a March 31 deadline to finalize the new rules for 2024 model year, Chip. So that's okay. why they're going to probably announce something this week. So when the rumors were out, uh, we had Dr. Andy Randolph from Eric Childress Racing on the show to talk about, is this the right way? He said, no, you know, the, the, through the, the, the higher, miles per gallon is it's done in a in a drive for efficiency but the primary thing that they're trying to do is cut carbon emissions cut ghg emissions and if you use less to go the same amount 
of, of to do the same amount of driving, technically you are cutting the GHG emissions. But if that's what your goal is, go after it. Yes. So, and, and the way that you achieve the, the the way that you can achieve those goals most quickly, according to Dr. Randolph, is with the biofuels and an ethanol blend of twenty five to thirty percent would get you there. It, of course, it would take some cooperation uh, from the auto industry and the engine makers, but hey, it's a whole lot easier to retool that than it is to build a new grid and new power sources and so on and so forth. So anyway, uh, the other thing that's going on today is it's budget day, right? It's the administration proposes, Congress disposes. And remember, we just got through with the fiscal year 2022, <laughs> about yeah. six months into the fiscal year. I, I think the most important thing to hear, it's going to be out about 2.45 Eastern time today. The, the thing that I would tell uh, listeners to don't get bogged down into details of what the administration wants, because Congress is going to chew on it for months. But yeah. it's the direction. And the initial word we got is that they're going to propose a, a big tax on the very wealthy, and that's going to generate uh, billions of dollars. But also, it's going to be a sop, if you will, both to their moderates. Uh, they're not going to talk too much Green New Deal in this one, as opposed to last year's administration's yeah. budget. So I think it's really the direction they're going to go. What are they going to do for defense? Because there is more than a few moderate Democrats who are who are nervous about uh, the the direction of their party. So I I'm going to look at what's the funding level for defense expenditures. So that's how I would look. General trends of where the White House you know, you, you know wants Congress to uh, to to provide funding for. Gotcha, gotcha. Did we miss anything, Jim? Oh, crop report. Uh, the uh, oh. you know, USDA reports Wednesday. Hogs and pigs. We're going to see if we stab further tightening of the hog inventory, right? Right. Uh, and, and also Thursday, we have prospective plantings and the grain stocks report. Very right. critical, right? It, yes. And for the first time, NAS will be live streaming their secretary briefing. Yes. Starts five minutes after the reports are released. So yes. find that on YouTube, on the NAS YouTube channel. Yes. And, and on Pro Farmer, we'll put the link for it. So yeah. you can just, you know, you know, link to it. And again, I applauded before and I'll applaud again. I like transparency and I applaud NAST for doing this. I assume the world board people will be in the briefing because they usually are yep. in the in the briefings for the secretary. The only other thing, Chip, of course, and it's important of it's it's a it's a uh uh, it, it's a snapshot of you know when the survey was taken, and then we'll have to wait until the June acreage survey. Right. A report came out Friday from USDA on food prices. Not a single category uh, went down. So USDA is getting closer, but they even acknowledged the uh, avian influenza yep. was not fully accounted for because that's an ongoing story. So. Uh, whatever USDA's number is, it's going to go higher. Hope I'm wrong, but right. I don't think I am. So the food price okay. situation is going to be in, inflated, and that's going to get more media attention. All right, Jim. Hey, thank you so much for everything that you do, buddy. Appreciate yeah. it. And you, you Minnesota know. corn growers, I'll see you tonight at, in Georgetown at my favorite restaurant, La Chimere. 
<laughs> All right. Good stuff. Good stuff, Jeff. Uh, this morning on AgriTalk, we've got Machinery Pete. We'll be talking about, uh, I'm sure, some more record prices for used machinery out there. And as I said earlier, Executive VP of the American Farm Bureau Federation, Dale Moore, right on AgriTalk. Have a great week, everybody. Keep watching for those signals. Thank you.